If you were in the CRC, which I, Sherry and I were for some years, and the Dijksters were for some years, uh, you probably have gone through the Heidelberg Catechism, and in that case, uh, it's organized, uh, if you noticed it, according to 52 days, and uh, so in a year, you would go through that, usually in the evening, uh, through sermons uh, in the evening. And as we just read, uh, I think number one, anyway, is a good one to memorize. Uh, we would encourage you to keep memorizing uh, the uh, Westminster uh, Catechism. But uh, number one, the one we read today is beautiful. It has so much truth in it, we could preach on it for a year. Um, and there are actually 129 question and answers in, in those 52 days. So obviously we did one today and we'll do number two next week even though it's under Lord's Day number one. Hopefully you all got the, um, the connection that I sent out um, that I think helps if you're not used to the Heidelberg Catechism. Uh, what I sent out is, was actually from the Canadian Reformed uh, Theological Seminary. It was very helpful. So you might want to look at that. So the, the catechism, if you looked ahead or if you looked at that website, uh, was written or finished in 1563. So it was obviously before the uh, Westminster uh, Confession. The Confession, Westminster Confession was written in 1646, but then for I think maybe five years later, the catechisms were finished. And so it's about 90 years uh, earlier. The Heidelberg Catechism is 90 years earlier than the Westminster. And uh, it was written uh, or it originated in, one, uh, in kind of an area called the Palatinate, uh, which is an interesting name. It was in what is now Germany, uh, and it was surrounded by Lutheran and, and Catholic territories in that region. And it was conceived originally uh, as a teaching. Uh, a catechism is a means of education. In fact, it's a very good one. And uh, it was to also to promote uh, religious unity. Um, so it became a guide for preaching as well. Its two main authors were Zacharias Ursinus and Caspar Olvianus. I don't think I pronounced those correctly, but that's okay. The, primarily, those two men worked on that. They were at uh, Heidelberg uh, University, so I'm sure they had other help, people helping. Uh, but it was really the governor, Frederick III, a godly man who loved the, the word, who initiated the, pro the whole project. Now, the catechism is one of the three forms of unity that we uh, ascribe to here. Uh, along with the Canons of Dort and the Belgic Confession. And I'd like to read just uh, before we look at some scripture and a little bit about the, uh, what we read this morning. This is what it says in the Constitution of the CPC. The CPC recognizes the wisdom and usefulness of the three forms of unity, the Belgic Confession of Faith, the Heidelberg Catechism, and the Canons of Dort, and considers these, sta considers these standards to express the same faith as the Westminster Confessional Standards. However, where perceived or real conflicts exist between the Westminster Confessional Standards, including the larger and shorter catechism, and these other creeds listed, uh, the Westminster Confessional Standards shall prevail. So I thought I'd just uh, read that uh, so that you understand uh, that uh, our prime uh, focus is probably always will be on the uh, Westminster Catechisms. Well, the scripture reading this morning uh, is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you turn there, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, just two verses. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. This is the living word of God. <clears throat> 
Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we do, brothers and sisters, have much reason for comfort in these truths uh, in the catechism, in the catechism answer that we read. And in this first scriptural reference, which is the first reference uh, in the text uh, reference, uh, we are reminded in Christ that we are not our own. Our body and our soul are his. We have been bought at a very high price uh, by the death of our Lord on the cross. And so uh, we, you, are comforted in life and death for a number of reasons. I just want to highlight a few of those that are in that. In fact, you might turn to page 12. I'll uh, take a little bit uh, from the reading. So first of all, you are comforted. There is great comfort because you are not your own. You might first think, hmm, uh, there's a couple ways to look at that. Uh, one is, uh, we can't just do what we want anymore. Praise God. Uh, but we are made now to do what glorifies Him. And uh, to do only what we want uh, now and any, has eternal consequences. It's, it's destructive now and eternally. And it's also uh, a good thing that we are not our own because uh, we, when we face fears and we face trials, He is with us. He has promised to be with us. We are never alone. So it said, I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Well, secondly, you, you are his. You belong to your faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. You belong to him. Romans 14 says, For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Praise God. We are the Lord's. Praise God. Amen. Okay, thank you. Well, third, uh, you are redeemed. Your sins have been atoned for by his precious blood. First Peter 1 says, You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And it said, he has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from all the power of the devil. So you've been set free. You've been liberated from bondage and slavery to sin and slavery to the enemy. Romans 8, 34 says, it is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Romans 8, 15 says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You've been set free and liberated. Uh, next, you are under his sovereign care. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my fa heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. And last, you have eternal life. You can be comforted in that promise. Uh, you, you are assured by his promises and by the indwelling Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. 
So you can now live for him because the Holy Spirit makes you ready and willing to do so. And may we live wholeheartedly for him. And so as we partake of this communion meal together, let's rejoice that we have great comfort in life and in death through the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's remember and rejoice that we are his. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we do praise you that whether in life or in death, we have comfort because we are yours. Our Lord Jesus has fully paid for all our sins by his precious blood. And so we are now liberated to live fully for you, to whom belong all honor and glory and blessing. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come now with humility and with joy as we remember through this ceremony that you instituted to be kept until you come your great love for us in saving us by the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus on the cross. And we come in obedience and we come in reverence and thankfulness for your great grace. And we ask these things and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.